Hello and welcome to another guest episode of A Need to Read. I had a sit down with Simon Hall. He's a business owner, TEDx speaker, coach. He's got a lot of strings to his bow. He's a really, really awesome guy. I do a terrible job of introducing people, but I had a fantastic conversation with Simon a couple of weeks ago and I've been excited to bring this to you ever since then, really. But I've sort of had to keep it on ice so I'm not chucking out the content too thick and fast for everyone. But there's a lot to be taken from Simon and the books that he's read and the books he talks about and just his general outlook on life is really inspiring and I think a lot of people will take a lot of good from this conversation. So without further ado, I'm going to let Simon do the introduction to himself on the podcast because I always butcher it for people. But strap yourself in, this is a really, really good one and I know I say that every time and I mean it every time. So without further ado, Simon Hall, welcome to A Need to Read. It's my pleasure to have you on. My man, it's um, it's good to be on a fellow British man's uh, <laughs> podcast. So good man, I, I I love the the genre and what this podcast is about as well. So total acknowledgements there. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, thank you very much. So um, just for the listeners, um, I've I found you through your Nourish Life podcast, um, which banging content all the time. You're essentially talking to all the interesting people that the the normal person wouldn't have access to without someone like yourself to sort of be the vessel to carry their thoughts and which is brilliant but um just just a little bit sort of about you if, if you wouldn't mind yeah um I, how how long do you want this story to go it's a big story there's a little story but if i if i bullet point it effectively it's I, i'm from a an high level athletic background so i i was a gymnast got to an extraordinarily high level in that um it came out of that sport a little bit lost. I, I, okay, a lot lost. I was all over the show. So if you can imagine, um, I tell this story all the time, but if you can imagine for however, however teen years I was doing it for, the slightest bend of a toe is you're the worst person in the world. <laughs> so yeah. like that sport just drilled, you are not good enough. You are not good enough. You are not good enough into me from such a young age. So I actually left that sport. And now that I can look back in it, I realize the effect it actually had and how that carried over into other things. Um, as soon as I came out of that, it was a bit of a, a weird story. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Did I want to go to university? Did I want to go to college? Um, I, I really struggled to kind of like fit into all of these systems. I, I yeah. didn't like education. I didn't like learning, which is weird considering it's now my biggest thing in life. Yeah. Uh, and I can tell you now, I, I came out of that very lost and I really struggled in those areas because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, my life didn't have purpose. Um, I didn't know where I wanted to go. So I really struggled to pieces, pull, um, pull the pieces of the puzzle together because of that. And yeah. that was the main thing. So um, I realized after going from job to job and again, kind of going through that little struggle, I was like, everything that I come back to, I've always been creative. I like businesses. I like helping people. Yeah. That kind of left to us building a business in the coaching world. We completely blew up in that at a very young age where I was at. Um, it was a business that blew up to, to great heights and yeah. also fell down. <laughs> yep. So it, it nearly put me into an early grave if uh, we're going to be fully honest on this yeah. show. Um, then pretty much... I kind of, we dabbled, got into a few other things. At the age of 25, I um, just came to a position in life. Um, I, I had a lot of things. I had an amazing business. I had money, lots of money in the account. I was traveling. Um, everything was good, but yeah. I wasn't. Like, I was just so empty. 
And that's the, the I, I'd gone through life achieving things and I just did, I just was never happy in them. Like I never yeah. feel fulfilled. And, um, basically at the age of 25, I was just like, this ends, um, I'm done. So I pretty yeah. much just hit the complete reset button on life. Um, yeah. I, I brought everything to a grinding halt. Uh, I had a very painful, uh, emotionally charged conversation with my father. Where yeah. I was like, I'm not in a good place. I don't like doing this. I, I don't like the, the current industries I'm in. I, I just, I don't like what my life has become. Yeah. So from that, it just torched it all to the floor. And I was like, Do you know what? Um, I need to go work on me. <laughs> so yeah. that pretty much led to, to me getting into all of this sort of stuff. And um, the weird thing is, I've never actually told this story. Um, when this all happened, God someone expensive. actually gave me a book. This, yeah, this, someone actually gave me the book Conversations with God. And that was the book, Neil Donawal's Conversations with God, the first one, which isn't a religious book. It's basically yeah. telling you that you're the God and X, Y, Z. But that was the book for me that absolutely changed my life. It was the one that made me go, you're in control. You're the one who's also, can I swear? Yeah, yeah, I'll do what you want. Yeah, it's just like, you're the one who's fucking your life up. You're attached to all of these things. These are what are causing you suffering. You're chasing significance instead of fulfillment. And mm. it, it was that book that just, fitted all the pieces together really. And then yeah. um, from that, I, I kind of, I say this a lot, but it really brought me to a position where it's like, right, got to create a life of purpose, meaning and intention. And yeah. that was it. So it was just, who am I? What do I, <laughs> it's funny because my dad always used to bring me up with a saying, which was never go into businesses, partnerships, relationships, affiliations, X, Y, Z, with people who don't know who they are, what they want or where they're going in life, because yeah. everything they do will be the clutch of a straw. It won't have any longevity to it. It will be yeah. to meet a need. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that was me. So basically yeah. from 25, I really started to ask those questions and really get grounded on those. And this is seeding into or segueing into this, this show so well. This is what kind of turned me into a bookworm, really. I think once yeah. I, I suddenly found something that excited me and I really kind of got a, a nerd on for, I couldn't stop learning about it, which was yeah. why do humans do what they do or why do humans don't do what they should do? Yeah. And um, yeah, that kind of just led to this big wormhole of peak performance, personal development, human fulfillment, human happiness, uh, business design, business development, purpose-led yeah. businesses, the works. Nice. Um, so yeah, and pretty much from that, I've been learning every day. I've, I've got bookshelves at home. I'm carrying books around the world with me at the minute yeah. as I travel. So Does it, it's, it's a really relatable story, not going from high level gymnastics to, to the <laughs> not feeling good enough. But like, I, I know a lot of people who played for Bournemouth football club when they were on their rise to the top. So they when I say the top, I mean like the Premier League for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what I, yeah. I mean by that. But there was a stage where they'd gone from League Two. A lot of my friends were the sort of high-performing youth team when they were in League Two. Within three years, they were out of the team because they weren't at that Premier League level youth team. Yeah. They then left. And, and it's a similar sort of feeling of maybe I'm not good enough. And, and I had something similar myself because I, I joined the Marines when I left school. <clears throat> didn't pass out of training but I was there for 18 months so I had 18 months of not being good enough and being sort of completely let down to the bottom and it does really really yeah. impact and you you kind of don't realize it until I like yourself like 25 years old I'm I'm 25 now and I'm just sort of of starting 
on that journey yeah. and and looking back and thinking okay well i could have done with some of these books a long time ago so it's interesting to say about conversation with gods is the one that sort of it, it was put you on me. the path Someone yeah Oh, yeah. I came to you at the I right always, time then. Yeah, I always love the saying that when the when the student is ready, the teaching shall, shall appear. And yeah. I, I've got to be honest, that's a saying which has carried over a lot of truth in my life. Yeah, definitely. And I think once you start to acknowledge those signs, more and more start showing up. Yep, 100%. Yeah, I totally definitely. agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah nice. I've, as well, I've got, I've got to say on that, like, um, I've done a lot of like looking into kind of like the military stuff. I know you're saying mm. like the Marines and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I always think it's such a harder, like it's a much more harder place to kind of pull yourself out from because in the Marines as well, you've got to look at it. Like you're brought into somewhere where they, they, they try and, well, they don't try. They, they try and they remove everything that you are to turn you into a warrior. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's quite a big psychological shift, both going into and coming out of, um, yeah. with that mentality. So, yeah, yeah. it's, it's on that. far more difficult coming out of it than it is getting into it. Cause getting into it, you're there on the first day, they shave your head, you've got two weeks of an absolute battering of what it's like to be in the military. And then you're pretty much, you're comfortable with it. It's still not great, but you get used to it. You've almost got the kind of Stockholm syndrome. But coming yeah. out of it is, is is a whole new world. And I struggled with respect for authority figures when I was working in different places because I was told I had to respect certain people and I had a strict hierarchy. I then started working in car sales and there was some overweight man that kept making jokes about me having to do press-ups and stuff like that. And I was like, well, why on earth would I have to listen to this person when for such a long time I've been essentially bullied into listening? Whereas this person can't, can't make me run up and down the road, but I don't, I don't have to do what they say. And, and I think maybe that's what's put me off like the corporate world because no one can really make you do anything. And I don't think people know that enough. And when you're sad in your life and, and you're working somewhere, you're not happy. No one's forcing you to be there, but people feel trapped and, and forced to be there. Exactly. You, well, it's leadership and management structures. So mm. the issue is like, if you can't inspire someone to do something or inspire someone to gain respect, because respect, you don't, you don't respect someone immediately. Um, you, respect is earned from seeing someone, like the way they carry themselves, the way they conduct themselves in business, like to go in and say like, respect this authority figure who's an overweight, depressed, emotional ball of anger yeah. you just it, it's the psychology and the, the the way we're made up just won't work because that's mm. not how we are programmed to respect leaders yeah. this is like the, the whole corporate thing i i could never be in the corporate world at all no at all so yeah i, I totally can see where you're coming from on, yeah. on that yeah and also who wants to wear yeah. a shirt and tie all the time <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think shorts and t-shirt is more than more than enough for me <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't, I was like i was with that sort of stuff though like how did you because how did you get to that because you've got to look like if you're struggling with leadership roles and stuff like that you how did you kind of put the mentality was there certain things that you read or i so i hadn't started reading before i realized that i had to address that issue and i got fired from working at waitrose 
because I called the store manager. Um, well, it's my show. I called the store manager a cunt because. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> my, wow. So, <laughs> my, you my, went in. Yeah, no, I, he caught me on the wrong morning. I used to start work at five o'clock and I'd be stacking the shelves miserably but whilst going to college. And where the injury that I left the Marines with, it's a mouthful, it's called calcific patellar tendinopathy. Um, and to put it in sort of layman's terms, it's essentially tiny fragments of sort of calcification slash bone growing in the tendon. And yeah. cold weather flares it up, which is strange because yeah. it usually would reduce the inflammation, but it really, really gets it going. And, and he tried to make me work in a fridge and I was like, I, I can't do that because it will hurt my knee. And he was like, well, that's just an excuse. And I was like, excuse me, mate, aren't you just like the manager at Waitrose? Where'd you get your medical degree from? And that's when I called him a cunt. And that's when every middle-aged, middle-class woman that worked at Waitrose almost had a heart attack. And I, I had to leave. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's not the right audience, is it? No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, but I mean, like, granted, looking back now, probably shouldn't have called him that. Probably should have explained to him quite nicely that my my knee was hurting. But I had like a real, maybe a complex about things like that at the time. And that was where I kind of realized I need to take a step back and respect authority a little bit more, even if I don't actually. It's just sort of the, the pretend, the pretend side of it. <laughs> totally. So I presume, yeah. are, are you like building your own thing now then if, if that's yeah. the case yeah i yeah, essentially I realized I, I don't want to work for anyone else um I, I i had a job in australia for three hours because he asked me to ask to go to the toilet and i was like mate if i'm honest let's just part ways here because i'm, I'm not going to ask when i go to the toilet because like, i need to wee a lot so hmm. i'm just going to be asking you all the time and i'm going to be annoyed every time i ask you that i have to ask you so i was like let's just let's just cut ties now and I was so concerned to like tell my parents that the first job I'd got in Australia, I'd just quit within <laughs> within a few hours. But like with many things you worry about in life, there was no need to be concerned. They're like, oh, I actually really respect that decision. That's good. At least you're not putting yourself in a position where you're going to be sad. And I was like, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Making my parents proud. Yes. <laughs> I think, do you know what? There's, that's actually a really important lesson. There. I remember... I, I had a bit of a moment where I was like, I'm, oh, I'm going to have to go. I was really embarrassed to tell my dad. I was like, I'm not like, I've got all of this, but I'm not happy. Mm. And um, that was probably like the hardest conversation I've ever had in my life. Like, I completely broke me and stuff. And my, my dad just said like, it's okay. Yeah. I wouldn't do the things that make you happy. And that was the biggest, it's like taking off a tight shoe. <laughs> when, yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was a real big big moment I yeah. totally can uh, relate to that yeah nice there's um uh, I was speaking with the guys from propane fitness the other day they said there's a book called the way of the superior man I have it on yeah. on my bedside table and there's a chapter in there to sort of live as if your father were dead so yeah not not essentially live in fear of, of upsetting or disappointing your parents because for the most part they're not going to be disappointed and we all make up these little stories in our head about where our parents want us to be but we don't often have those conversations to say, Hey, are you, are you proud or what? Cause like, I, I need to hear it. And I think a lot of people just struggle to have those conversations, not necessarily asking them outright, but talking to them about their plans and being open and yeah. honest. Um, it's an interesting concept. And I bet that was so a, many, 
so many problems in life would be fixed if people would just have conversations. There's um, an amazing quote, which is uh, tough conversations, easy life, easy conversations, hard life. Yeah. And again, that's so true. There's um, a really good uh, book. It's it's big. It's some thick reading called Crucial Conversations. And that was one of the biggest communication books I've read. That was a very early one as well, because I used to suck at communication. Yeah. It's some heavy lifting, though. It's one of those that you kind of, you got to get in the zone to review. But it's great. The takeaways from it are good. Is it like sort of the, like a Robert Greene laws of human nature kind of thickness? Like you've got like seven, 800 pages of, of quite oh, it's, big. It's, it's good. The tech, it's a tech. It's good. She, she's thick. It's one of those, yeah. If, <laughs> if, yeah. If, if someone threw it at you, it's going to do some damage. Sort yeah. Of book. <laughs> uh, they're, they're scary. Those type of books. <laughs> but but the, the core message in it's brilliant. It's just all about the art of communication and how a lot of suffering in life, business relationships is just through to people not communicating like yeah. period. Um, yeah. Um, but it was, it was really good. That was, a, that was a real big game changer for me that especially in leadership with teams yeah. and like actually being able to empathize and understand from other people's point of views and communicate yeah. actually to them, not from where you stand. Yes. Was, um, a big one. Yeah, definitely. And, and you've obviously got this business now and where where did this what spurred on the sort of reading around business what was one of the first books that you read say to do with business that that sort of stood out oh. to you do you know what like this is probably the most generic answer from the majority of entrepreneurs and i hate myself for not being able to give you a different answer because one of my biggest things in life is read different books get different content because then you're yeah. learning what everyone else is learning yeah however three the three big ones yeah oh think and grow rich <laughs> yeah there is um all of the richard branson books um, yeah. I, I just got hooked on that guy. Um, I think his personality type is very similar to myself. I can relate yeah. to his story and um, not being great at spelling, not being great at school, but always following mm. intuition and delving into fear and all that sort of stuff. So his work was a big one for me. Um, there's one more. What was the other one? Tim Ferriss, four hour work week. And I, I, I thought that's three. A... <laughs> that would be it. Yeah. That's why my face was beaming because I've had four hour work week pop up so much. So people need to actually take the message that they, they should definitely get that book on their roster. We're good. Oh, you still there? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. still here. It just, it just cut out after that. Oh, yeah. So, um, four hour work week, Richard Branson, there's an interesting book by Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know if you read it, David and Goliath. Um, and he talks about those in school who, maybe weren't the best at spelling, but, or like were sort of dyslexic or whatever it is. And they overachieve because yep. they're, they're, they have to stand out for different things. Yep. You look at like Jamie Oliver. Um, he sort of has stood up against governments for sort of he- healthy food and maybe without being dyslexic, without maybe having to take a different role in the classroom than most of the other kids, who knows if he'd ever done that. Um, have you, have you read David and Goliath? I've not read David and Goliath. I thought you were um, going to say uh, psycho-cybernetics, but um, um, no, I've not come across that. It's pretty weird, um, actually. I was having a conversation with someone about the David and Goliath stories this morning. Oh, it's, um, it's when you, at the start of the book, he explains about the disease which Goliath probably had, which spurred on this story. And it's, uh, I, I can't recall the name of it, 
but um, it's the one where they, they can't stop growing and it affects their eyesight oh, um, and their movement. Yeah. And that's how David was able to overcome Goliath. And it's changing your sort of perspective on the story. It's not that David was necessarily a superhuman and had like superhuman accuracy, which of course he did with the stone, whether it happened or not, who knows. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the, what was wrong with Goliath that allowed David to step it up. Yeah. It's a really oh, interesting. What I'll do is I'll, I'll bring it out for you when when I come to Bali in September. I'll bring you David okay. in life um, and Perfect. let me know what your thoughts are. Um, yeah, amazing. I'm excited uh, about that. Yeah. Um, Have you read any Malcolm Gladwell? Yeah, I read um, Psycho Cybernetics. That was a big yeah. one. But yeah. um, again, my my issue is with that sort of stuff. It's the same message relayed in a lot of uh, different ways. This is, my biggest mm. issue with self development books is. You, you read the same message over and over again from a different author in different language. Um, yeah. And it, that for me was, it was a similar thing there. Do you know what I mean? So was, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I could do with having it, having a look at that. Definitely. Yeah. I, th- I think what you're saying there is, is quite prominent about the self-development books and it is, they've all originated from the early texts let's throw it back like two and a half thousand years ago you got like the stoics there's so much from the stoics you got ryan holiday you got darren brown's happy there's there's so many books that have are essentially quoting or translating seneca marcus aurelius Aurelius. yeah it's all the best books i think i've read with that is marcus aurelius yeah like full stop just Mm. there's, there's no there's no fluff. It's just bam, 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 that. Bam, bam, yeah. bam. Like meditations and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Definitely. When when you take on a book like that, I, I'd be interested to see, that. do you sit there and, and you, you read through it five, six pages at a time? Or... Meditations? Yeah. The meditations book. Um, I just read one chapter. So mm. each chapter had, say, like 50... Do you want to say quotes or take yeah. away messages? Meditations. Or get what were the captions <laughs> that he used to say to himself? Weren't yeah. there? There were things yeah. that he used to say to himself. Like, so ahead of his time. But at oh. the same time, like, from... He definitely is, like, one of the greatest leaders in the world. Why? Mm. Read that book. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. There's... Um, someone's done a modern spin on it as well, which I absolutely love, uh, recently called How to Think Like a Roman Emperor. Okay. And it was someone telling the story, but going into the meditations and explaining the stories behind the meditations, like his son oh, nice. dying and stuff like that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. I, it, that was one of those where I listened to it twice, like straight after. And I was like, that was awesome. Oh, nice. Let's go again. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's good. Do you, do, you, do you listen to a lot of your books or read a lot of books? Are you sort of 50-50? To, I'll be brutally honest. At the minute, mate, I've um, I'm I've got back to listening. My yeah. with with learning, I go in phases. So I find it. I find this is the issue with the self development world as well. It's very easy to get stuck in consumption, constantly mm. burying your head into books and not taking action. Yeah. And I think the greatest wisdom and lessons in anyone's life comes from taking step by step by step. And at the end of the day, there's nothing. There's nothing worse than buying a book and not reading it. But there is one thing worse than that, which is buying a book, reading it and not doing anything with the takeaway. Yeah, Um, definitely. So for me, I'm kind of in one of those phases at the minute where I'm a bit away from books that are taking up a lot of time. um, And it's just right. I've I've got the tools that I need right now. Let's learn this. And um, 
the same thing again when when the next roadblock appears that'll probably be what uh, carries me open so at the minute i'm kind of just delving into more kind of like podcast things or short books short sharp books but yeah. nothing that's taking up hours eight hours and stuff like that like even like i listen to audiobooks at two two speed yeah um but even still there's the four or five hours that that book is i that could be time better spent yes in for me at the minute if that makes sense yeah i always I, whenever anyone says anything i always think back to the film super bad when they're outside the shop he's like we've got to stop thinking you got to act and then he gets run over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i and i always think about it every time <laughs> seth getting hit by the car on super bad and it's the it, most it, awkward knockover ever isn't it it's like yes. some frog squat thing yeah it's so stuck. slow <laughs> <laughs> and and it always reminds you of that because like you do definitely need to act more than you prepare but also prepare at the same time and i'm such an impulsive person and i think i'm quite fortunate and i've I've come to accept and love that about myself recently mm. that once I have the idea, I do it. I'm massively straight, straight onto it. People are, Oh, how, how did you decide you wanted to do the podcast? I was like, well, I had the thought on Thursday. I bought the mic on the Friday and I recorded on the Sunday. So that's how I started it. <laughs> in, in human performance. And that if you study successful people, the, the, the biggest success gap to close is the, the time gap from inception of idea or decision or knowing what needs to be done and actually doing it. They yeah. say you can judge someone's success on how fast they close that gap. People who stay in that gap tend to procrastinate, get distracted and things along the lines of that. So one of the biggest studies that's been done on peak performance is um, that. Yeah. How aware of you of what you need to do and how fast do you do it? Yeah. And um, I think Mel, Mel Robbins did a book, the five, four, three, two, one, but the actual concept from that was, I think it was Lance Armstrong's, Lance Armstrong realized that he was losing so much money, opportunity, sponsorship um, in his head uh, when he was doing things. So what you do mm. is he, when he have an idea, he had five seconds to action it. So it's like, shit, I need to speak to my mum and tell her I love her. But then go, bang, done. Yeah. Next. Do you know what I mean? Because when you're out, you get those ideas, but it's how well you action them more. Yeah. If you do. I yeah. It's, I suppose that's almost like a sort of a, a funnel sort of situation. You can have too much in there that will make the fall of whatever's in the funny funnel a bit slower <laughs> if you if you just send them straight down every time the idea comes in who knows what that 30th idea might be that day once you've acted on the other 29 that might be the best creative idea you've ever had but if you procrastinate on the previous 29 you're never going to reach that point and that idea might just be gone forever totally totally yeah. it's like the michael jordan thing isn't it you got to keep throwing them at the net yeah the, the one one lands <laughs> yeah yeah, definitely. Oh, what a guy. I'm completely obsessed with Michael Jordan Moon after that Netflix documentary. Hey, did you, yeah, did you watch it? Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Really powerful. Really, really cool. And it's nice to see that they haven't painted him as like some lovely athlete that wants to help everyone. He was just an absolute weapon that just wanted to be released and, and absolutely knew his worth. And a lot of people didn't like it, but I mean, just look at where he is. That was his life, though, isn't it? The thing that yeah. I, I love about that story is, like, have you seen the in interview with Kobe Bryant where Kobe gets asked, he's like, what if Shaq had your work ethic? And Kobe openly mm. says, that guy would be the best in the world, and Shaq would even tell you. It's just the oh, fact really? that he's, he's great, but he's lazy in some areas means he's never going to hit that potential. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah. insane. I, I saw another thing about um, 
Kobe sort of when when he died there was a as a basketballer he he before the game was out there 15 minutes before or something like that maybe it was an hour before training he was there and he got there and Kobe was already there they then played the game and he stayed out there for another hour and he goes oh Kobe what are you doing he goes the thing is I saw you turn up early and I needed to let you know that there's absolutely no way ever that you're going to outwork me so I had to stay for an extra hour after it even though he was there before him and he just takes it to the complete extremes and I think there is a slight, you have to be a certain personality type to be able to adopt that attitude because oh yeah, it must be so tough to maintain. And that's what, that's why there is only a few of the best in the world at anything. And who knows if he would work less hard if, if he had his time again, you never exactly. know. Um, yeah. Have you sort of, uh, I know we've got like the business side of things and, and the whole idea of nourish life. One thing that was interesting is kind of, I don't know if you're, you would use the word holistic, but the, the kind of approach that is alternative to what normal sort of new, like the, the normal British way of living. Yeah, it's, there's holistic, but there's, I think just through my own lesson and like the sheer amount of people who we've, we've helped and like businesses we've helped slingshot forwards. It's, it's us. Everything is on us. Um, I say it pretty much in every interview, but like things don't fail. People fail the thing. Yeah. So like, that's the biggest thing. And it's like, we've got all of humans are so great at becoming two dimensionally focused. Like we really are like so many people focus on the finances. They'll go to work, kill themselves. They'll sacrifice the health, sacrifice the relationship um, with a loved one, sacrifice the relationships with the children, but at what cost? But it's only when they're in pain, do they then become aware enough to change it? And if people were aware that you can work on all of these areas of life and move them all forwards together, it would lead to a much more fulfilling place where you've achieved more because you've got everything. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and and you are i guess you encourage maybe the sort of the across the board um because i know you ran that um nourished life sort of course not too long ago and there's a lot yeah. of breath breath work and meditation um, is there any sort of books that you've read previously that have maybe opened up your eyes or piqued your interest in that sort of way of life as it as it were do you know what, mate? Um, again, just going and doing in it. Um, for me, it's not books. That One of the biggest books I'd probably say that's... I've never really looked at books within this. I've never studied breath work, but I've mm. gone and studied under people who are the best in the world. Yeah. Um, like both shamanic, both peak performance, both mm. just like your Wim Hof, which is your base... Like it, Wim, the Wim Hof stuff's good, but it's a good foundation. Yeah. But there's so many different things. Um but for me, I'd just rather do it. Like I'd rather learn from doing it. And that was the biggest thing I had at school. I could, you can give me a book and it might take me three days to learn something. But if you give mm. me 10 minutes of actually doing it, I'll find it out quick. And yeah. prime example of that was surfing. Surfing, everyone was getting lessons. And I just said, you know what? I'm just going to rent a board and go. Uh, on the third wave, I was getting it. It wasn't great, yeah. but I, I, I was getting the hang of it. And it's yeah. just the way that I've just always noticed that you, you pick things up from doing it but we're yeah. always scared of doing it. We want to get more information and fill in all the little safety things before we actually go and do it. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, um, there's two books that I, I've had that sort of encouraged. Uh, it's almost like confirmation bias for me that I've been doing it right for a while with, with these sort of this impulsive sort of I'll just do it. I don't necessarily like the structured learning of anything. So like with surfing, I just got on a board and I just Straight tried up. it, just tried it. And then after about sort of four or five times, I was like, right, well, I'll go and have a lesson now. And then I won't have one for a while. Um, but Start Now, Get Perfect Later by Rob Moore. Have you, have you read that? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's, and the amount of times that he says, start now, get perfect later in that book, oh, it, it drums it in for sure. Totally. And um, then Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. Yep. Awesome. Uh, and I always find that I'm kind of, when I pick out my books, it's almost as if I'm doing it to sort of play to my own confirmation bias so I can read something that will tell me I'm doing it right. There you go. <laughs> Which maybe I think that's it. I think books just kind of give you a little bit more. Does that, like, mm. do you know what I mean? I think yeah. that's, that's the biggest thing is, is the other what I was saying before, we get so caught up in this consumption model where we feel like we've got to learn. We're not enough. We need to know enough. Yeah. We don't just go and do it. Um, in business, like if you look at any major business, they didn't know what they were doing. They just got, went with a hobby, went with what excited them and, and they enjoyed at the time yeah. and then realized it had potential and narrowed it in. Then that's when it had to get serious. Yeah. So many like startup entrepreneurs I speak to where it's like, oh, I've got to go and learn all of this before I start. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Don't just do it. Put something out on social media, take yeah. a step. Tell, yeah. tell the world you're looking for 10 people to help change the lives, you know? So yeah, it's, yeah, one decision. It's, it's, it's funny that like you, when you start things and I, I can speak from experience from starting the podcast, like when I first started it to sort of the content that I put out now, it's evolved and it's all by sort of trial and error. And I th honestly, th I couldn't recommend it enough to anyone that would ever want to do anything sort of creative is just doing it. Like how, how do you do it? I'm like, I'll just do it. Oh, that's a useless advice. I'm like, well, no, you can't do something without doing it. Creativity happens in peak flow state. Mm. You don't plan peak flow state. It flows. Like everyone goes on at me. They're like, oh, you've got to have a morning routine. It's like, yeah, I do. But some days I wake up really creative and I do not do my morning routine. I'll go yeah. and write or record a podcast or speak or get online or something. Yeah. So I think you've got to you've got to you've got to know and catch yourself when you're getting into those moments. There'll be moments with you where you've got so excited to do something, you've just gone, "No, I'm not going to go yeah. for a coffee with the friends. I'm going to go and email my list and tell them about this." Or yeah, I can't explain it. It's just a very, it's an intuitive, flowing process. Yeah, and you know what's really um, funny? If that is the Winnie the Pooh way. <laughs> There's a. The, the Tao of Pooh is a book that I've read recently and I loved it because that little bear lives as if he's in a sort of in Taoism and the philosophy of it. Um, yeah, until it makes sense. <laughs> he, just, he just does stuff. He doesn't get up with an in, like an intention. Whatever comes to his mind, he just does. And there's a sense that he's one, he's super present all the time. And two, like he becomes the hero in most of the stories because... yeah. 
the concept of the Wu way, which is in Taoism, which is essentially sort of not interfering with the universe. And, and let's take your own personal universe. Like you're not going to interfere with your morning when you, you're like, right, well, I need to email people right now. You're not going to be like, oh yeah, but Simon, you did tell yourself this morning, you were going to read 30 pages and you were going to meditate for 30 minutes and then you're going to have a coffee and then you're going to have a piss. And then, ah, oh, it's lunchtime. Like you just, you get yeah. up and do it. Flow. Flow. Yeah. Flow. Someone, I don't know if there's any truth to this, but the, 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 you've just, this is a conversation I had a while ago and it's, you've kind of just brought it up into my brain now and I probably never get to speak again about it with anyone. If you actually look at Winnie the Pooh, so Winnie the Pooh was a very, very good uh, literature and it actually mm. spoke about how to be present when you look at all the other characters, their mental health issues. Mm. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, got- one of them's got imposter syndrome or not good enough. One of them's yeah. got anxiety. Uh, what's the donkey called? Don- donkey's Eeyore. got... Depression. Eeyore's got depression. Yeah. And it's just remarkable. And I, I never knew that that's, that was actually the setting that they created Winnie the Pooh from was, yeah. it's genius. It's, it's like, even though we all go, oh, Winnie the Pooh's slow and present and everything's fun and good yeah. to him. It's like, but if you're not, then this is what the, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Christopher Robin is autistic in terms of what he's like portrayed to be. You've got Eel with depression. You've got Kanga um, is OCD. Rabbit is yeah, that's a- <laughs> ADHD. Tigger's ADHD. And, um, and there's so, and, and they really, that's what he kind of, I went down a rabbit hole when I read the Dao Poo because I was like, well, I need to find out about this. Cause I, I'd, I'd heard of that. Um, and is that what I started... it's from? Is that what that, that book... Ah, oh, I didn't realise that. I'll have to get onto that. Yeah, so the Tao of Pooh essentially looks at um, Taoism within Winnie the Pooh and explains it really nicely. But after that, I then had a look at the studies that they'd done, um, which has sort of attached each character to a, to a certain mental state. And interestingly, Pooh is um, obese and obsessive um, over sort of whatever it is. So it's the honey. And you ask him what he's thinking about. He's like, well, I'm not really thinking. I just kind of want to have some honey. And yeah. he has that sort of lackadaisical, sort of lazy approach. And I'm like, oh, maybe he is subconsciously obese and, 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 yeah, and has like an eating disorder sort of as such. And it's just, it's so clever that someone thought of that early 1900s. It blows my mind. I would never, yeah, I, that's what I was like when someone told me. I was like, holy shit, that is so correct. I was yeah. like, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. That's the interesting thing. And, and I would have six years ago, if you're like, I had, would you read a book on Winnie the Pooh? I'd be like, oh, fuck off, mate. That's lame. Whereas now I'm like, <laughs> give, give me more Winnie the Pooh. Um, do you, do you read any, honey? Yeah. Do, do you read any novels or anything ever? I'm, I'm going to guess maybe not. I, right. This, I, I can't physically read. I can't consume content that isn't moving me forwards is this a good mm. thing in my life or a bad thing i think it's a double-edged sword yeah. um i've had people plenty of times say go read fiction go um like like for example at current for some strange reason i've started watch i never watch crappy tv ever mm. and for some strange reason i've started it's become it's slipped in as a little not necessarily great habit but i've been trying to do it as a bit of downtime in the evening yeah. but even that is getting to me I, I don't feel like it's, I don't know. I always like to feel like I'm moving forward. It's one of my core values in life is growth. If I don't feel yeah. like I'm growing. I feel stuck or still. And it, yeah. it just eats away at me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, at least, I, at I, least I never you can identify it. Yeah. I, but it, it's, I can't, phys- I can't enjoy 
I can't, I can't wrap my head around fiction. I'm like, why am yeah. I reading this? What am I getting from it? And it just, it, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got, can't do it. You've got that high performer on thing where, mm. you, where you're moving a lot. And, and I, I struggle to watch like, I've, I've actually pretty much stopped watching TV altogether. At the start of lockdown, I moved it out of my room because I was like, I know this is going to be bad. And I've started watching cartoons and things like Rick and Morty or Midnight Gospel yeah. or South Park. Pickle Rick. Yeah, yeah. Pickle because Rick. because I hadn't realized just how intelligent sort of like South Park's take on current affairs is just brilliant because I don't know what side they're on, but they're, it's just hilarious. You know, they make their episodes, so they're so relevant because their episodes are turned around in between five and seven days. That's yeah, how, yeah. like, how current their seasons are. It's, yeah. it's mind-blowing. Yeah. Absolutely it's, mind-blowing. The, the episode I watched um, I th- the other day, it was about people using anxiety as an excuse for yeah. something. And they had, they had a Buddha box, which essentially was allow, allowing people to tra- tap into their phone the whole time and, and, and say, I can't do this, man, because of my anxiety. And I'm like, damn, I use that excuse so much. Am I, am I that person? But like, I'm not the person that turns their phone straight away. And, they feel like that. so, and it's just so clever. And I'd never realized it. I just thought it was just trash. Um, and there's, I didn't appreciate it. There's a it. scene <laughs> in that episode where Cartman comes in as a Buddha or something. Yeah. And it's just absolutely hilarious. He drops this one line, which is hilarious. It's like, but, but fuck you, because I have anxiety. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's just this one bit. It's like, oh, I can't, I, I really wish I could remember the line, no. but it's just gold. Absolutely oh, gold. Yeah. It's, it, and it's stuff like that. Like I, I tried to sort of switch off to that, but I've, I've found fiction is almost one of those things that like, I, I like to read it 10, 15 minutes before bed. Cause it does make me tired, but I do see the value in say like the, the classics. Like recently I've read like Lord of the Flies. Um, I read 1984 by George Orwell, but that was just, I, I hated that book. Oh, but I really, I, how um, can you hate it? What was the, it just, it felt like he dragged out the first third for a long time yeah. and then the one. second third peaked and then it just went a bit obscure at the end i know the whole concept of of having a big brother sort of watching over everyone is a bit strange if not potentially true <laughs> um but i just didn't i think i couldn't get on with it do you follow a lot of david ike stuff no I'll... oh all of his um all of his recent interviews keep getting removed like he's just trying to out he in I, I don't know what the truth is. Um, we've yeah. been trying to get him on our show, but um, amazing conspiracist, like incredible. Yeah. But it's it's odd because everything he's writing has come true, like everything. It's, yeah. it's mad. Yeah. Nice. Is he yeah. American? No, British from Leicester. He? he used to be a football player. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh, nice. his, he keeps everything's been removed. All of his profiles are being removed off social media all of his recent interviews where he's exposing current world affairs for what's actually going on or Jeez, quotation yeah. marks actually yeah. going on. No, it's, it's madness. Absolute madness. But there's so much, it really makes you think. Like it is, yeah, it's, a, it's a scary thought when you think of the, the powers that be. And uh, sometimes it's better just to ignore it <laughs> until 
who knows it's one of the your mind just blows as soon as you start thinking about it all the avenues um start opening there until you've seen it and experienced it yourself it doesn't exist in my eyes that's it like i'm, I'm so off the grid with all of that that stuff yeah these days. i'm just like you know what like you guys go on have your, your big drama reality tv stuff over there yeah i'm just gonna go and do the things that make me happy Crack yeah on. yeah i'm gonna get surfing <laughs> Yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, so we've, we've spoken about business and we've spoken about sort of other books. Have you got a certain little line of reading that you've had previously that you feel opened, opened you up to new avenues that you, a book came along to you and you, you wouldn't have thought of reading it and it opened up a whole new yep. line of thought for you? Two. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like this super spiritual person, but I say mm. I've got enough, I've read a lot around it. I understand it. I've taken things that I've needed and stuff like that. Two Mm. books. One book for me came at a perfect time. Again, given to me at the perfect time. Would I have ever picked it up? No. Um, Mm. Which was Moody, Muji, M-O-O-J-I, Who You Were Before You Became, that book. And it's basically why we suffer in life is because you're attaching yourself, thinking that you have to become something when you'd actually achieve more by becoming a nobody. And it's brilliant. Yeah. It's like, what are you trying to say that you are? What are you trying to prove? Uh, that was a brilliant book. And then yeah. also following on from his work is Ramdas. Ramdas. R-A-M-D-A-S-S. Um, and the, he, that guy's got loads. But it, again, it's the same things. It's like, like what really... Like, the, I've not read this line in anyone's stuff. But like, I, I love humans because we are the only animal mammal on this planet which is confused in its environment. We're lost. We're disorientated. Why is that? Yeah, it's interesting. (laughs) It is, is, but yeah. Yeah. So that's what I love about that sort of work is it's, it's kind of like really just showing you how far away we've and how much we've numbed and like, we're not really finding the things that make us us what are the things that make us want to move forwards in life what are the things that bring out passion joy like it's just you just see it all i think for me as well because I, I see it so exaggerated this is where these books really like relate because I've, I've worked with very successful people in business who are unhappy they've built businesses mm. of great wealth but their businesses are there's no purpose there's no impact there's no there's no no fulfillment in what they've done yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and definitely. So, yeah, it's just, you start to connect all the dots. But they, mm. anyway, long story short, or short story long, however you want to put it, is um, <laughs> those two books were real big ones for me. And that was, again, kind of like ones that really helped me personally, but also made me connect a lot of dots in business, relationships, why people do what they do, peak performers. Like when yeah. you really look at those who have done something, like... Yeah, that- yeah. And, and, and everyone sort of wants wants that fulfillment but not a lot of people like we're saying about the the doing thing not a lot of people act on on going to get something that's fulfilling fulfillment is so um there's there's another book it's confession deathbed confessions i think it's more of an article um but it's not about like what are the biggest regrets of people that die yeah and um I can't remember what the other thing is, but they basically say that fulfillment is people. Fulfillment yeah. is finding your people, connecting to your people. But most of all, it's helping people. Yeah. Like if you are genuinely helping people, you'll always feel the most fulfilled. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's something about like when when you sort of talk to people on their deathbed and and what they say, and how I think it gets ignored by so many people because say you had a grandparent or someone that that was dying and you ask them, oh, what's your like, what's your biggest regret in life, or what what would you what would you have done differently? And they tell you all these profound things and it's almost like, okay, that's, that's lovely that you say that, but let's ignore it until I die. And I then think like that. People don't take on, like speak to the dying and understand what upon reflection they may have changed. I, um, I, my, my grandma died last year and, and I spent a lot of time with her in sort of the weeks running up to her death. And I said to her, I was like, okay, so like, you've you've been successful you've always been happy like you always sort of light up the room what is your one piece of advice um that you'd pass on to me and she goes oh um well they they say you should take care of your hands and i was like i'm not gonna lie i was expecting better <laughs> i was expecting better from you there and it's quite funny now that everyone had to wash their hands this year and it's almost as if she knew that people need to take care of their hands way more and we could stop a global pandemic um awesome yeah exactly i I totally hear what you're saying though like i think especially in our culture like if you go to eastern cultures where death they celebrate like even australia death's death's different it's celebrated Mm. if you actually go to like india and stuff like that it's i think it really depends on what your perspective is of death so again, Ramdas's work is brilliant on this, and it's kind of like explaining like what death is, how to build a relationship with it. But he says a lot mm. of like people are, have numbed themselves, or they're so scared of it that they never really, they live. don't, they, they live like they're trying to live forever, but they, like they just everything's on hold. Oh, it'll wait. Mm. I can this can wait ten years, and it's yeah. not. It's like, yeah, this is why everything's got to be so momentary. Yeah, definitely. There's a great Ricky Gervais um, bit I went to see him last year. I think I think this. Uh, is coming out on Netflix soon, the Supernature tour. But um, yeah, he he talks about not drinking and and not doing certain things so you can get an extra few years out of your life. And he goes, well, when I'm with the doctors and they're telling me at sixty to stop drinking, and they go, oh, add an extra ten years to your life. He goes, oh, brilliant, I'll have twenty to thirty, please. They were great. And they go, oh, no, no, no. What we mean is we'll we'll add on another ten years. Say say you're eighty to ninety. He goes, what's the fucking point in that? Like I could try and have fun, but my arsehole might fall out at that age. <laughs> and there is, there is something in that people tell you not to do certain things because you might get an extra bit of life, but you're not taking the risks now so that you get to be at a point where you can't take the risks when you're older because of what might potentially happen, but nothing's guaranteed. And I'm hoping that this year has woken a lot of people up from the fact that we don't know what's going to happen. Anything can happen in the world. The world can shut down again and people just need to grab whatever it is that they want to do and just go with it. Totally. And get yourself out of the systems as well. That's the biggest, yeah. effort, like in business systems, the works is just, yeah, I think this period's really exposed a lot. I think the world has woken up. They've realized things they're not happy with. They've got to, they've either been forced to spend time with people who they're not happy with X, Y, Z. And um, I think it's really allowed people to kind of build the relationship with the people who they've not really built the relationship with the, the longest, which is themselves. Like you've yep. got to spend time and think. Yeah. You can't go out and um, numb. So it's, yeah, I really think there's a lot of people who come out of this going, do you know what? I had this dream that I never went and did. Do you know what? Like my career, I hate it. I want to go and yeah. do this. So yeah. It's, I think it's going to be a really interesting time. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of time here, but I just, I just want to ask, let's say, yeah, and I've, I've got things to do, which is weird. Never really have things to do, but today is one of those days. Um, you, you found yourself lost at 25. And I think there's a lot of people listening to this that will feel with in the same situation. What would your advice I'd say, be? I'd say I went, well, I've got some really good, I've got a lot of good advice on this. Um, I went from, it's build a relationship with yourself, go inwards. Mm. So I think I, I went my entire life through to 25. And I think that's why I was just doing everything for everyone else. Everything was for the external. Everything was for money. Everything was to, to look good, to be in another magazine. Everything was to achieve something, always run up another mountain, make another headline. Everything yeah. was for everything external or validatory. Nothing was for me. And yeah. that was really it. And I think once you ask those questions of who really are you? Like yeah. who really are you without the job position, without yeah. people saying something without, do you know what I mean? Like who is that person? What does yeah. he like? What does he enjoy? What yeah. makes him smile? Like I think really when you start to, there's an amazing story actually. Um, have you heard of the Golden Buddha story? No. no. You got time? Yeah, yeah. there's a story in in thailand basically and uh, it kind of correlates to this which is there was a a a huge 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 golden buddha on the top of a mountain and um what happened was the the thais got word that i think it was the tibetans or xyz mongolians were going to come and invade um the 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 village what they were in so the thai people basically panicked and they thought crap, we're not going to be able to run away. We've got this golden Buddha in our village. We can't take it with us. What do we do? So they threw clay, stones, mud. They made this beautiful, like detailed, amazing sculpture just look like shit. Like, so no one would take it. But what happened is the Mongolians found them and they wiped out the entire tribe so that no one actually who returned knew that that big mound of shit was actually a golden Buddha underneath. And thousands and thousands of years passed by. And effectively, when Western world came in, they discovered it. Um, They discovered this clay-looking Buddha thing. So they actually Mm -hmm. wanted to put it in a museum. But what happened is when they were lifting up the big clay mound, so to speak, they'd actually done Mm it. One of the bits off the crane snapped, the chain snapped, and it hit the Buddha, and it cracked the entire back of it. And it showed the gold. And I really think this is basically once they saw the gold, then they all began to chip it away until uh, thousands of thousands of years later, the golden Buddha was restored. Now, the reason that I love that story is I think it's such a powerful analogy of life. We, We are brought into this world. We are conditioned by our family. And let's face it, do they know what they're doing in life? Not really. No one does. So we're fed all of this, this to-do list, this tick box. We go into a school system. We're told what we should be. We never really ask these important questions. And effectively what Mm. happens is we let the world in. We let other people's opinions and judgments in. And we then start to throw clay on ourselves, which is we start to become less confident about our voice. We stop speaking. We become less confident in our abilities to do something. So we stop doing it. And over the years, we've put more clay on ourselves until we've actually hidden ourselves and we're playing small. We're playing in the system small. And again, going back to this story is like in that story or the analogy of that is the crane had to break for the golden Buddha to be found Yeah. in life. That's usually bankruptcy, depression, 
a health scare. Your yeah. kids saying, I don't know you or I hate you, mm. dad. You're always yeah. at work. Mm. It, the, the universal crack will put, make you look inwards. Yeah. Um, but at the same time with stuff like that, like for those 25 years, I knew something wasn't right. And this is what gets me all the time with like looking yeah. into it. Certain things I did, I knew there was lots of red flag moments and there was lots of like loud, intuitive moments where yeah. like the voice was saying, what are you doing? Come on. Why are you yeah. saying yes to this? You should be saying no. Um, but I never listened. So yeah. for me, out of all of those years of the red flag, the voice, which I never, ever listened to, it took yeah. to the point of the universe to go, do you know what? He isn't listening. Let's crack him. And that's yeah. what it took. It took that moment. It took a few moments at 25. Like I didn't play it. My entire world fell at, yeah. at that. I, I hit stop and everything fell very quick. Like yeah. every single area destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was what it took. And it took there, like, because at that moment, I didn't know what the gold was. Yeah. Because I've been stripped of everything now. I have yeah. nothing. I have no attachments, no yeah. relationship attachments, no business, no significance yeah. attachments anymore. It's just me. I'm exposed. Yeah. So then you've really got to kind of go in search of finding those things. And um, yeah. I, I really think that's the biggest thing. And when I look, when you look at the art of happiness, the art of fulfillment, the art of purposeful business and all of this sort of stuff, it all stems from those questions. Who are you? What makes you you? What are your values, yeah. your strengths, the things that excite you? What do you love? Then it's where do you want to go? Like, what do you really want? Like, what's yeah. the purpose? Why? Why do you want to do this? Yeah. And it's just those questions. And I, I really feel if like school systems, the school education system hasn't evolved it's no. still a system created for a world that now longer exists mm. like google has made how many years of school irrelevant i can find oh. any answer on google in two seconds i do not need yeah. school anymore yeah and effectively there'll be a chip in my head probably you know? <laughs> yeah even though i probably won't let that happen because yeah. i'm totally against all that stuff but yeah by the way the world's going so I, I really think school doesn't teach us the essential life skills like confidence, happiness, fulfillment, finances. Yeah. Um, and I think it actually takes away all of those things from us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, that, that was the first golden Buddha story. I love that. That's <laughs> insane. And I couldn't agree with you more about the whole schooling system and not empowering kids to actually feel good about themselves. And uh, then a knock-on effect. I see it a lot with my friends and it's interesting that you say your thing sort of came at 25 because I think it is a mid twenties thing. And I think a lot of people for seven years after they leave school at 18 or whatever, they're on autopilot. They hit mid twenties. They get this sense of mortality. It's like memento mori sort of meditate on death and, and sort of live in acknowledgement of it. You're like, wow. Okay. Well, this isn't going to be forever. Am I going to keep going through the motions here or am I going to just step off to the right and find a different path that will like you say just doing things that make you smile this so important like I, I've started so many different hobbies in the last sort of 18 months and I, I sent an email about it the other day that I've started like jujitsu surfing wakeboarding skateboarding running swimming and sometimes you ask people what their hobbies are and they haven't got any and I'm like just find something that makes you smile because 
if you try and do something like that every day, you're adding at least maybe even just 20 minutes of fulfillment. And that might be enough to carry you through to the next day. But if you keep totally. avoiding fulfillment, then always you, you'll never be happy if you keep doing the shit that makes you unhappy. Period. Yeah. And unfortunately, like when you, you get people throughout ratio things or do certain exercises, you see that the majority of the day I wake up next to a person I cannot stand. I cannot connect with this person, period. Yeah. Lord. Um, I go to work. I hate my job. I then get stuck in traffic on my way to work. I hate like traffic. People, <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing. It's like a lot of, a lot, if you look, that, that's what 80% of someone's day is spent on the things that they cannot stand. And I think once you realize where are your best hours and spend them on the things that you love and your strengths, I think that's when beautiful things start to happen. But yeah. for a lot of people, that means taking a risk on yourself and taking a leap of faith. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it feels good once you've made that leap. You feel liberated. And I think liberation is probably the best feeling out there because you, you'll do something and you'll be like, this is what it's like. This is nice. I'll keep doing stuff like this, which is, which is great. Um, like I, I'm, I always say, by the way, um, I just want to wrap it up and I, and I give myself 10 minutes, which is good because I know I'm no good at wrapping things up quickly. Um, but it it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on that. And I do unfortunately have to go, but just for everyone, where, where can they find you obviously? And I'll chuck all the links Uh, below. Yeah, everywhere. To be honest, mate, I really hang around on um, Instagram these days. I've kind of, we <laughs> I'm just giving up on Facebook. I'm kind of doing yeah. it these days. So pretty much there. We've got the podcast. Uh, we are growing YouTube, Twitter for daily inspirational snippets. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it, um, to be honest, mate. Yeah, perfect. Simon Paul BC or just yeah. Simon Hall on Google. It'll come yeah. up. Okay, excellent. Well, what I'll do is I'll chuck a link to the website and to the Instagram stuff. I'll, I'll link straight through it on, on the description below but um any any final parting parting words for everyone oh for what's going on in the world right now anything you are one decision away from a completely different life no the podcast isn't broken i just wanted that one to sit with you for a little bit i hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as i did it's great to have people like Simon on the podcast because he really, really does have a lot to offer. Now, you can find Simon on his Instagram. Um, as he said there, I'll put a link to that below the episode. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please do drop us a review. Write something nice if you've got something nice to say. If you don't, just chuck like me. Who knows? Like five stars, maybe. That would be a good place to start. Um, it really helps when I get in touch with guests and they see that it's a legitimate podcast and it hasn't just got three reviews. So... Thank you very much for listening in. You know the usual. If you're not following on Instagram, it's at a need to read with a number two as opposed to the word. And I'll be back soon with a book review. Take it easy, everyone.